welcome, friends. Uh, Andrew, I'm assuming once again you were unable to hear our wonderful theme song. Always. Literally can never hear it. One, one of these days, we will figure that out. We might figure it out, but, you know, it might be by the end of the season, just like the United figuring out how to play a full squad. I mean, it might take more than a full season for Everton to figure out how to get one point. So we'll, we'll see what happens first. I was going to say for you guys to even score a goal, but... Uh. Well, friends, uh, once again, my name is Matteo Pelia, and I am joined by my goodest of friends, Andrew Hale. Andrew, how you doing this weekend? First and last names this week. Uh, we're doing... I'm always on my toes. How am I doing this weekend? I'm doing pretty good this weekend. Um, we had a fun-packed weekend full of football. We also had some not-so-great performances. How are you doing? Um, you know, it's it's like a tale of two cities for me. Uh, as you know, my first my first love is Bayern Munich. So that was that was the good city. That was the good side. <laughs> That was luxury. We have a new fun toy in Kane. And, and then, as you know, I was infamously given Everton as my team to root for in the Premier League. And since I have been given this team, and I have invested myself in this team, I, th- I think you could back me up on that to all, to all our friends. I have invested my emotional support into this squad. And this club. And I have been nothing but crushed in this league. You I hate it. I hate every second of this. <laughs> you have not been nothing but crushed. I'm okay. Well, this season you've had two defeats, but like the last two seasons, you've had lots of joy when you've kept yourself up in the Premier League. We will talk about Everton, but the same way that I think this year's Everton squad could be just as famous as the Invincibles of Arsenal, except in the exact opposite (laughs) manner. Because they lose every game? Because they might not get a point. (laughs) They might not win a game this entire season. It's possible. Let me me just give you something to hold on to. Last season, at the very beginning, United also got ruined just like this. Like they literally almost, I think it was almost the exact same. I think it was like two to zero and four to zero, or maybe four to one. United's worst so, player in that run would still start for Everton. Hey, no, what I'm saying is you can, there's good things are going to go come now. Good things will come. We were in the same place as you after week two last season. We were in last place. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about some good news. Um, which is really my record in picking games this past weekend because I went seven and two, which is a new yeah, record went, on this pod. I went three and six, but you know what? I was really hoping to to root for the little guys this weekend, and I rooted for the long wrong little guys. I should have rooted for West Ham. When I received your text, and as I was entering them into our Instagram story for our, all our friends to see, I thought you you were kidding with some of these. No, I wanted. To- I wanted people to win. I wanted some things to happen. Unfortunately, things happen in almost the exact opposite way that you thought. Mm-hmm. We'll go through the matches today, friends. We will go. Obviously, we're going to go through some of these matches a bit more in depth. 
than other matches. And we're going to have a fun fun show today. And we can't tell you yet, but we have something in the works with some apps and maybe some sponsorships and things. But we can't really tell you about it yet because we haven't signed on the dotted line and neither have they. But exciting things could potentially, maybe, should, would, could have, maybe, hopefully, will be coming. Maybe, I believe is the key word there. We'll see what happens. I think we always have a fun. We always have a fun show. We do always have a if fun not, show. If not for the groundskeepers, at least for us. That's true. Well, you know, I'm so excited about my record of 7-2 and two over this past weekend. Overall, I'm at 13-6. and six. Andrew, you are at 8 and 11. Yep. Very, very astute of you. I believe in you. I think if you stop picking for your hopes and dreams, you'll be much better than what you've been doing. All right. Well, I believe you in Everton, so I believe you can also do better. All right. Let's go. Let's go through these results. Uh, friends, we're literally just going to go down the list of the matches as it is on the EPL website. That's kind of how we determine which ones to talk about. Uh, you may see other I was podcasts. wondering what order you went. Yeah, you may see what other podcasts do. That uh, I know some of them like to go to talk about the more in-depth games first uh, and leave less time for the other games. For us, it's nice and simple. We're, we don't know how we're going to say this. We have no real outline for this show. We just kind of have the matches. We just like to have fun. We just like to have some fun. So, first Two things that you always got to remember. Have fun and hydrate. Have fun and hydrate. First match we're going to talk about. Nottingham Forest versus Sheffield. Uh, Forest pulled out a, a 2-1 victory. And really, you could say that Forest used their heads to get this win. Oh, Lord. Uh, friends, if you don't know, if you haven't watched the highlights... Both of Forest's goals came off of headers. So they really use their heads. You're going to say the same thing again. I was really proud of myself. I mean, you should be proud of yourself. And you know what? Forest should all... Ah. Hello, I know how to use words. Forest should also be proud of themselves for getting a win this early in the season. Not taking notes from Everton. I don't know how we haven't yet brought out the fact that Forrest has a player named Wood on their team. Have we not discussed this more in depth? <laughs> I mean, I just like, I mean, yeah, they have, what is it? Chris Wood, the Australian guy. He, and he scored the game winner with his head. Wood scored with his head for Forrest. Yeah. Yeah, this dead air you just gave was phenomenal for the people who only listen for on the podcast, the audio version. Anyways, right. um, I have some fun facts. Um, Nottingham Forest winner, courtesy of the aforementioned Chris Wood, in the 89th, 89th minute was their latest winning goal in the Premier League since 1996. That goal was scored by a Holland against Arsenal. What? Yep. That's my fun fun stat of the day. Wait, like a Holland's dad? Alf Ing, Ing 
Holland. That's not his dad, is it? Isn't his dad's name like Alfie? Yeah. Go ahead, look it up. I want to fact check this real quick. Well, while you're looking that up, uh, I have another fun stat. And I'm not going to be able to say this. Oh, shit, it right? is the same guy. It is. That's wild. You're welcome for the fun stat. Look at me doing my in-depth research for this pod. Proud of you. And if only I had a, an intern who specialized in stats. Hey, everyone out there, if you're getting a PhD in math or statistics and you just need like some kind of a, a weird side gig, it doesn't really pay anything. But if you just want something like mindless to do or you just you just need some fun with, with math, hit us up. We yeah, can, we, we can pay find and plenty of things for you to do. So anyways, um, Awani, Awani, Awani. How are we going to say his name? Uh, it's a really I don't know. We're going to have to check that one out. Uh, Taiwo. He became the second Forest player to score in six consecutive EPL appearances. I'm just giving you some fun facts out of here. Because uh, there really wasn't much else to this game. We both predicted that this map, that these teams... <laughs> Uh, are going to be in the relegation battle. I do love these fan bases, yes. though. I got to say, these are the perfect definition of even when two teams who are not the most skilled come together, as long as their fans absolutely love the teams, it can still be a fun atmosphere and a fun match. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I think anytime we ever like have watched like a Forest game, they're, their fans themselves and just like the atmosphere they have at their stadium is always so cool. And it's always so fun. They're like, I mean, just as we talked about last season, it was their first time back in the Premier League in 26 years or something crazy like that. And they're, and they stayed up by like the skin of their teeth last season. Um, and so the fans just absolutely love it. They love being here. They love being a part of the ride that they're on. Even for Sheffield, they're back up again. Um, they've had their time in the Premier League before. But yeah, they're just, people are just so happy and so behind their teams right now that like it's just going to be really fun to watch and be a part of these games in a sense because i mean i feel like a fan when i'm watching these games absolutely these i mean i sometimes these more intimate stadiums we're gonna go with with that sometimes they provide the best atmospheres because you feel closer to the players the fans the community and this sport really, mm-hmm. if the Super League that didn't happen taught us nothing, is that these <laughs> teams are supposed to be for the community and not for the owners. I, I believe um, Vin Diesel says it says it best, and it's family. <laughs> I'm so proud of you because you've been trying to get a Vin Diesel family joke in here for three weeks now. Well, I got it, finally. <laughs> also, fun fact, um, Tybo's... Uh, six great, six consecutive uh, goals. His run of scoring in six consecutive Premier League games is now the longest of any Nigerian player, and is surpassed by only two African players, who scored in seven games, seven consecutive games. Do you want to take a guess as to the other African players? I mean, I could probably easily guess one of the African players, considering. Okay. We have one in the Premier League right now who does consistently score goals, and it's Salah. Correct. Good job. 
I know something. Another some one things. is Adebayor. Emmanuel? Yes. Oh, nice. That one I would not have guessed. I mean, seven consecutive is actually really difficult to do. And I mean, it's not, no, it's not easy considering there's so many like factors and like you, you could not, it's not like you're going to play seven easy teams in a row. And like, what if you get an assist or two assists in one of those matches, then your streak is ruined, but you still contributed, directly <laughs> contributed to goals for the team. I mean, yeah, then, then your streak is dead. Uh, also, can we, yeah, let, can we talk about how, like, is this going to be a new trend this season or maybe going forward of teams not having Jersey sponsors? Cause force don't have one again. Do they not? And neither does Chelsea. They don't have a front okay, Jersey Chelsea's sponsor. Not a look sick. So do Forrest. The Forrest is plain red. No Jersey sponsor on the front. It's just Adidas and their little, little tree. And the two stars over the tree, which means they won the Champions League twice. I need to look at these Forest jerseys. They don't have a sponsor again? Not according to the Chris Wood picture I'm looking at. Yeah, no, I'm on their official website. Wow. Did we, so interesting, because two seasons in. Because it's Chelsea? Probably. I mean, Chelsea did I mean, have an option, and it was an adult website. Did they really? Yeah. They said no. Damn, they should have closed on that one. Bully actually resisted the money. Surprising. Good for you, Todd Bully. Yeah. Way to stand your ground somewhere financially. <laughs> Maybe he was mad it's he really... would get like a lifetime premium membership as part of the deal. Or become like owner of it. Yeah. That was probably the other thing. We have anything else to talk about this? Um, because I really have not much about this game. It was a fun game. You know, it was a cute game. They played <laughs> It was a cute out. game. It was, but as soon as they play one of the big boys, they're screwed, so. Yeah, I think either of these, like when you put them against, I wouldn't even say the big six anymore is like a thing, but anyone that's in the top right now is probably going to ruin them. In so many different angles. So many different adult website angles. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about City and Newcastle. City won, Newcastle zero. Uh, heading into this match week, this was arguably the match of the week. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I, I'm surprised that it wasn't. There weren't more fireworks in it. I, they're the same fixture last season. They and I think they tied three three. That was a fun match. I sp- I was going it back was. through that, and I, as soon as I saw the score, I remembered all of it. It was very entertaining. It was great. It was ugh, so, much, so much fireworks. Ooh, real quick. Side note. I had one more fun fact about Sheffield United. Okay, go. They have now lost each of their last 16 Premier League away games when conceding the opening goal. That's a good fun fact. I'm so glad. That's I hope we have... machine. I hope we have some Sheffield fans that don't listen to our podcast anymore just because you're dragging them through the mud. Don't we only have one Sheffield friend? Probably. Sorry about that. Did we give someone Sheffield? Well, we gave someone Forrest. I thought we gave someone Sheffield too. No? I don't don't remember. We can go back and look. Well, we can figure it out later. Hey, if you're the friend, let us know. (laughs) 
So City Newcastle, a lot of hype around this game. There were some concerns about City because they had that midweek matchup against Sevilla for the Super Cup, which went mm, all yeah. with penalties. Very grueling on this team. They were the only Premier League team that had to play a midweek match, which so dumb. You can make some arguments for that this early in the season, it's not going to affect them as much as it will later on. But I, I don't understand why they couldn't have just played this last week before the league started. Yeah, do this, do this before all league starts. Why are you doing it right when both like everything just starts up? Don't do that. I don't, I, I don't understand. Maybe this is because they don't know, like each league starts on a different weekend. So maybe they just had that date picked because they were like, everyone's either about to be in form or like had just started. They should still just do it before everyone starts. That's what I think. Cause I'm pretty sure the premier league is the premier league and La Liga start. I think the earliest. Yes. Cause I believe it goes. No. When are premier I think the Italian league starts last. That's definitely true. Cause pool six scored that banger of a goal on the opening weekend. Didn't he assist the second one as well? I believe so. He he had a great game. Very excited. We can when this podcast expands and we discuss other leagues, we will go in depth at that time about all the Americans who are in Syria. It's, it's almost all of them it's at this point. But you know what? I They're love getting that. there. What's important is consistent playing time in a top league. It doesn't even have to be the best team in the league as long as it's consistent playing time. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, and Pulisic deserves it. Back to this matchup. Um, I didn't think... Uh, like, So we know Holland didn't do much, right? He didn't score, which for him is not doing much. He still had four shots mm-hmm. on target. And my first thought is I feel bad for the next team that plays him after a match like this. <laughs> Did you happen to look at who they play next? It's probably like Luton or something. Actually, no, Sheffield. it's right here. Yeah, it so is. So he's playing yeah. Sheffield next. Everyone, if you gamble, put money down on Holland for at least two goals. If you really gamble, at least take Sheffield goal. winning 1-0. <laughs> if you put a dollar down on Sheffield winning next week, you will immediately make up anything that you put on Holland. <laughs> I wonder what that actually is, though. If you can look it you up. You keep talking. I'm going to look. So, yeah, he had four shots on target. Uh, on this pod, we are 100% sure he will get back on track. The friends on this pod are, we are in the same fantasy Premier League. Yes. And we, everyone in the league has Holland as the captain. Literally every single person. Literally every single person. I'm pretty sure everyone who plays on the Fantasy Premier League website has Holland on their team, and they tried building their team mm-hmm. around Holland to keep with that budget because he is just so good. You cannot afford to have him off your squad. There, it's there's no one else to pick up like as like an alternative that's cheaper. No. I think we all we legitimately I think I looked one day because I obviously we have our people that we play against. I was just very curious. I'm pretty sure every single one of us has like Holland, Sala, De Bruyne. Ooh, I do not have De Bruyne. Not anymore. No, I never had him. Did you really? 
I mean, I never because I tried finding a way to get Holland, Salah, and De Bruyne on my squad, but I was unable to budget the rest of my squad. I do have Matoma. Makes sense. I have I have Sully March. Oh, I use my wild and a Stupinian. I use my. Everyone has him too. I used my wild card this week to make like six changes. That's what I did last weekend. I was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, I had to drop a couple guys. Um, Eze out of Crystal Palace, which is not doing what I thought he was going to be doing this season. Um, I changed mm-hmm. my goalies around. I changed, I, keep, I kept my goalies the same. I think I changed up like the def, like defense and like one mid No, defense and like one forward, maybe midfielder. I'm trying to play more of a, a 3-5-2. Okay. So, see how that goes. Anyways, back to this matchup. You know what I was really super-duper excited about? Because I've been talking about this dude since last season, and I've been waiting for him to break out and be the central point of the attack. What? Phil Foden. Oh, yeah. I have been talking about him for so long. And you know what? With (laughs) Kevin De Bruyne out, this might be his time to shine, similar to how his hair shined in 2021 when he bleached his hair for the World Cup or for the oh, Euro yeah. Cup, whatever that was. Are you still Dude. trying to look up this betting thing? Dude, it is. These are not user-friendly apps. Are you just being a dumb Who do dumb? they play? There we go. Got it. I got it. Shut, shut the fuck up. Language. This is a four kids podcast. I don't bet like you do. To all our friends, if you do gamble, please gamble responsibly. If you are, if you feel like this is getting out of control for you, please call one eight hundred Gambling Help. <laughs> um, it's a plus fifteen hundred for Sheffield. Put a dollar down. Yeah, and get fifteen back. <laughs> yeah, that you know how much you probably have to bet on Holland to make that money. Um. This is taking too much time right now. Friends will report back. Oh, my God. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll actually be, you know, prepared. But anyways, Phil Foden, he played, I thought, wonderful in this matchup. He was very good at finding little pockets of space. Uh, and I forget who it was. Someone described it as Pep created the space, but Foden took full advantage. Checking his shoulders, seeing what players were around him, which way he was supposed to turn, where his first touch should lead him and really creating space for the rest of his teammates. What was interesting was Foden started so far outside and then moved his way into the middle to take advantage of those pockets of spaces. And I I think in the long run future, it'll be interesting to see how him and De Bruyne can play off of each other or if they even can mm-hmm. for that matter. But I think Foden is the long-term guy for this team. I'm going to say even above Holland because I think Holland with his skill set is going to move around. I mean, it's kind of, it's interesting because I know that Phil Foden did get a lot of flack when he started because he has like inconsistencies. Um, But you're playing under Pep. Like if you're a young player with talent and you're playing under that man, you are almost set up for success. And it's, it's showing. He's he's doing really well. He's I mean, he was in and out of the starting lineup, I think, last season. But now it seems like he's been kind of more cemented. 
But he was a consistent um, and sub for the team. He he was a consistent sub. And he would score whenever he like, got subbed in. He was pretty consistent about being the super sub. Um, Did you see that in this game, Man City didn't make a single substitution? I did. And apparently there was a fan in the stands who told Pep to make a sub. And Pep turned around and told him to come sit on the bench and and figure <laughs> out who to sub in. I mean, if that's I think that's just an interesting play. Like you're one game in. I mean, I guess you're only one game into the season, so I guess if you don't or two games in, so if you don't want to make a sub, sure, because your players aren't tired. But that's just interesting against a team like Newcastle, who could, could, didn't, but can hammer you. Yeah, I saw. I believe it was a post game interview with Pep, and he stated the reason he did not make a sub is because he legit legitimately could not find an easy sub to make without ruining the flow of the game and the strategy for his team. So he said he was not going to force a sub when his team didn't need it. He said he noted his players didn't look tired and he didn't like, again, he didn't want to force a sub just for the point of making a substitution. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why, why do it when you don't have to, it did work out. I mean, especially with how they play, they don't, they move the ball. Well, they don't let the ball move them. So like with that kind of, play style they're not gonna get overly tired especially against i mean i can't say again not a team like newcastle because we know they're a very well-versed team but again very very early in the season so there's not a lot of fatigue hitting most of these players right and what's i guess the only thing that can take out city is injuries if we're gonna be honest about this it's even taking out Mm -hmm. their coach Oh, yeah, didn't he have back surgery? Yeah, he got emergency back surgery in Spain. And so he'll be out for the next couple matches. Also, I forgot to mention this, but De Bruyne being out, it's confirmed he's going to be out for a few months. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Dude, injuries are already like plaguing the Premier League this season. Yeah, four, I think the report was at least four months De Bruyne will be out. The wear and tear on these bodies, also De Bruyne is 32. And he logged so many minutes last year to get that triple crown. He deserves mm-hmm. a year break. Honestly, he could retire. <laughs> Let him chill. And no one would blame him. Did you see what De Bruyne did for the teammates after they won the the treble? No. He got them all like custom city themed like platinum iPhones. I love it. That's amazing. The things you can do with money. Right. I mean, Saudi's doing a lot with it. I, I was They're looking, doing something with it. I was looking forward for looking forward in the schedule for the city team, and I was trying to figure out who is going to beat them. And I don't mean like for the Brighton. Season. I mean in an individual matchup. I love the answer of Brighton. <laughs> I interestingly enough, there was one team that did it twice last season. Last season, City lost five matches total in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. One of the teams did it twice. The other teams that beat City were Liverpool, United, and Spurs. Yeah. Do you know who beat City twice? I feel like it was. I feel like it was like a low, low table team. But tell us. It was Brentford. 
I don't know what Brentford was doing for these <laughs> matches, but apparently they were the only ones who could consistently figure out how to beat the city squad. I mean, let's see if they can do it again. They don't play Brentford until February. What? Maybe no that's, way, that's right. The key to success. Play them once. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. Um, I do think Brighton will have a great chance. The Arsenal, you know, you have to give them credit that there's a possibility they beat City. Also, you never, excuse me, you never know when injuries fully take over and a team just doesn't have a squad anymore. We've complimented City in the past for their depth. And I think it could once again be challenged this year. And I think it'll be an even bigger challenge this year than last. What are you making a face for? Do they really? They really only play Brentford once. No, they play them twice. You play everyone. When? I know, but I'm looking at their their fixtures right now from August until May. Brentford is on there one time. Which that doesn't make sense. Because I see everyone else twice. Oh, there's one that's postponed. In December. Oh, there it is. It's not even showing up, on, at least on like the ESPN. Oh, I just Google it. Okay, Google then. We'll see if uh, if City loses the next two matches with Pep out. We're just going to call him the MVP <laughs> and say that's the only thing that can take this team out. Newcastle, what do you think their takeaway should be from this match? I mean, if if you just look at like from a pure like stats perspective, nothing. They didn't have much possession. They barely had any shots or shots on goal. Like they didn't. They, I guess they didn't get beat worse. <laughs> right. I think they should be obviously disappointed in themselves, not necessarily for the loss, but in how the loss occurred. They had one shot on target, as you said. They barely had any. They had literally one. Which One. is tied for the joint fewest in an EPL game under their current manager. They, if they want to compete with bigger clubs, I think they need to find a better balance in offense versus defense during these matchups. I went back to last season. They had 12 draws that were either 1 1 or 0 0. They had five matches that were 1-1, and they had seven matches, which were no nil. They had one more tie. It was the one against City that was 3-3, which was super exciting. Yeah. But for me, that shows that they have a hard time with bigger clubs and how to score plenty of goals while also you know defending. I know. It's so funny because it's like the tale of – it's almost like the tale of two cities with them because on one hand, they had their first game of the season – where they scored, what, four? Right. And then they don't score any against City, which they scored three against them in a previous meeting in the same, like, reverse. So just, they need. I think they need to have some consistency in, like, their, their scoring because we know they have a great defense. The fact that they, they had that many draws or that many 0-0 draws is kind of wild. Uh, I agree with you. 
the their defense is stout. They're deep. They're a very difficult team to be able to penetrate the D and put the ball in the net. <laughs> Last season, they only gave up 33 goals, which was tied for least goals allowed with mm-hmm. City. Uh, they scored either 68 or 69 times. It depends on which website you look on, which is a little weird. 69 was the number on the official EPL website, so we're going to go with that. Yeah. they There was multiple teams who outscored them. E- even the two teams below them in the final standings scored more. And Man United actually scored less than them, and Man United finished third. Go United. Yeah, baby. So I think the consistency with which they score needs to be improved upon this season. Uh, last mm-hmm. season, the Newcastle top scorers, their top three scorers, when they were on the ranking list for most goals of the season, you know how they that um, is an important stat for many people. Their top goal scorer was sixth in the Premier League. Their second top scorer was 18th in the Premier League. And their third best goal scorer was 45th in the league. This season, they're going to have to find more attacking options and more consistency with that. There's no problem spreading the ball around, spreading the goals around, but there is a problem when you're getting a bunch of 1-1 and 0-0 matches. Yeah, I mean, that's true. They definitely draws, need to get... You, let's say you divide that in half. Right, you all of a sudden get six more wins. Yeah, that's so many points. more points. Which is funny because they, what they came in fourth anyways. It's not like they were hurting for like anything. Yeah, so I'm excited though. I think Newcastle is going to be a fun team to watch, especially when they're at home. Yeah. All right, next matchup. Right, we're going to we become like a Manchester this. City pod. <laughs> we have to discuss this. We have to. Spurs two, United zero. Spurs look good. This is being dubbed Angeball. Did did Spurs look good or did United look really really bad? I was actually going to ask you which one you thought it was or if it was both. <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. That, that's fair. A little bit of unlucky as well. Especially I think this early in the season, saying a little bit of both is fair because we're not still one hundred percent sure what these teams' identities are. Uh, you would think we'd know United's a bit better because they do have the same manager as last season and, and pretty much the same squad. Um, Angeball is looking really good. That's yeah, what, this is going to be... That's what's being dubbed. I mean, he brought it from Celtic to Tottenham, so we'll see like if he can actually like implement that in a way that is very like in that can keep Tottenham consistent because as we know, they are the most consistently inconsistent team in the planet. 100%. My personal thoughts are that they will do well with the beginning of the season, but other teams will eventually adjust to the style of Angeball, and then Spurs will have to adjust to those adjustments. And I think that's where the real tactical strategies and masterminds excel and where other managers start sucking. Yeah. It's one thing to say, hey, this is our strategy. It's another thing to be able to say, hey, here's our strategy. The other team's going to counter us in manner A, so we have to go through with plan B when this ha- when this occurs. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they, I definitely think that there was a, a little bit of Tottenham did look good, but United looked not great, like, at all. No, bad. I've, I've seen a lot of video analysis of the middle trio. Oh, my God, United. it's terrible. So we know Fernandez, he's not playing defense. We just know that, right? Like, Yeah, he doesn't do that. Back there. Which is, <laughs> look, it's fine because hypothetically, he doesn't really have to go back there much. Mm-hmm. The problem is, because you were you all were playing a th- essentially a three five one, but it was more of a three two three one. For the most part, yeah. So, or at least that's how you start off the match. And the issue is, you put Mason Mount next to Casemiro. Mason Mount is a liability on offense and defense. And yeah. Casemiro, he looks really sluggish. Dude, he looks like he ate about a whole entire burger joint over the summer and just like hasn't shed the weight. He got hazard diet. He does, actually. He, oh my gosh, I think I was watching, that may have been something that you had sent, but the fact that he has been dribbled past so many times is mind-boggling Ooh, yeah. considering Where's he's such a solid. that I found? He, he's had the most, he's been like it was seven past the most times out of any like, defensive holding midfielder in the league so far in in two games seven times and which is so which is wild because he is always like a friggin defensive mountain when it comes to that kind of stuff like he was he was so good last season and when it came to like defense and then like literally stopping things all right and this season he legitimately i think it needs to be dropped yeah here's the here's the statistic as soon as they want to go back, I found it on Instagram Reels uh, via Sky Sports. Yeah, selected midfielders this season and how many times they were dribbled past. And Fernandez and Casemiro are leading the charge. Yeah, i I think your I think United. I think your team needs to do one of two things: either one, change the formation because there's a two of your three central midfielders are liabilities on the defensive end. So that's an entire side that can be exploited or change your formation to really get the best out of your current players. You have a lot of wingers. You have a lot of guys who are good on the outside. Rashford does so much better when he's playing on the left side. He's not nearly as good playing central, being the center. I mean, we just, we need Holland to come in and actually play that like, center forward role like we need that so badly it like hurts and to be fair to be fair (laughs) not everyone can be a central forward it's Mm -mm. really difficult it's there's a reason those guys are so sought after you know who also sucks as a center forward who richarlison Oh yeah, I'm not even on him yet. <laughs> I I still love the fact that Everton got got rid of him. Like he was for like seventy million dollars. Yeah, the dude. I think he was a big fish in a small pond. I think he is everything Gordon wanted to be, the current Gordon who plays for Newcastle. Hmm. I mean, we've talked about it. I think that he had like one good game maybe two towards the end of that one season. And all of a sudden his like people wanted him because they thought he was going to be like this next score machine, which is fine. And with me. as we've talked, he's gotten one goal in the last, like 
however many games. 40, 40 games, one goal, because what, 38 games last season, two so far this one. <laughs> no, he's He's been a waste of a signing. Him, I don't, I don't even have words for Richarlison anymore just because we've discussed in length the disappointment he's been for this team. He charges an yeah. absurd rate per goal that he scores. <laughs> <laughs> 70 mil per goal. That's like, it's, it's crazy money. Right. Um, I think, honestly, I'm a big fan for United. If you all played more of like a, a 4-3-3 formation or something of the sorts, because, again, you all have so many offensive pieces. You have a lot of wingers. Anthony on the right side. Um, you had Garnacho on the left, I think it was. Yeah, which he did not do well. He That was like an absolute horrid game. Horrid game for him, but overall not a bad player. No, not a bad player. But you could also put Rashford back on the left side. Is it at all possible to put for Bruno Fernandez up at the top? Like, is this a possibility? No. Maybe you guys play mm-hmm. a false nine. You guys don't have like the that. personnel for a, a, a center striker. We do in about a week. Uh, when you when you get your Holland knockoff, your oi, you all just because you have this just because you have the same last name as someone doesn't mean you're a knockoff. Don't be an asshole. You all did the thing that Hallmark does when they can't actually oh get the A-list celebrity that they want for a movie, so that they they get some like that's the wish thing. C-list looking dude <laughs> who's supposed to look like the A-list celebrity. Don't don't just ge- don't generalize people just because they're from. Norway and Denmark. They're not all tall and blonde. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens when he when he finally starts playing. Um he's what recovering from an injury right now? Yeah, they said he had like a slight back injury. He's supposed to be in the lineup for the Forest game. Oh yeah, didn't they happen to find that after the signing? Yes. I feel like your medical should have taken care of that. I mean, they did that. They found it during the medical, but yeah, it wasn't. They, it wasn't any. It wasn't big enough for it to be like an issue. Oh well, it's big enough to miss some games. But you know what? United can turn it around. I I still think they have the pieces necessary. I I don't know what Mount's doing. I'm confused what he does. I I need. I I mean, it, it's just going to take some time. He's coming into a new team, new coach. It's just going to, like, everyone just really is railing on him all over the internet right now. And it's like, it's been two games. Chill the fuck out. But when you play like, for if United, we wanna, you're not allowed to have it. Do we want to rail on someone? How about Chelsea signing Caicedo for $140 million and then him getting giving up a penalty and them losing the game? Oh, How about Chelsea right, having the... Oh, him, the most yeah. expensive midfield duo in like the Premier League history, and they just absolutely yet. got ruined. So, all, all right. the Chelsea fans shitting on Mount for two games of what? Well, friends, I think we're going to move on because Andrew's getting a little defensive about his team <laughs> over here. So, we're going to move on to Wolves and Brighton. Brighton destroyed Wolves four to one. You and I both got that right. Brighton. Again, might be the most fun team to watch right now. Oh, easily. Them, I think I, I still think Newcastle's fun to watch, even if they didn't play that well against City. But yeah, Brighton is just like free flow attacking football that moves the literally can move the ball so well from keeper up to their strikers. And they were people were like, oh, they're not going to do as well this season. They lost a bunch of players. Blah blah blah. Doesn't even look like they lost anyone. 
literally doesn't look like they lost anyone. Who did they lose? I don't know. They, well, I agree that Newcastle is fun to watch. They're more fun to watch at home. Brighton, mm. it does not matter where they go because their style of play, that free-flowing, open play, always making runs. Matoma looking, he looks like what Messi looks like the MLS. <laughs> right. Kind of does. I'm, I'm very happy Matoma is on my fantasy team. I'm going to be do really sad one day when he leaves to a different team. You could still have him on your fantasy. Oh, yeah, I will. But I'm going to be really sad for Brighton. Yeah. Because I, we don't know when. But within the next two years, their manager is probably going to get picked off. All their best players will get picked off. And then this team will probably be fighting for relegation again. But also, there's, the scouts for this team don't get paid enough finding these players and then Deserby does what I think a few managers are doing. He is adjusting to the players. He has a, mm-hmm. a play style he wants to enforce and wants the players to keep up with. However, he puts his players in the best position to succeed. He's not forcing them to do something they can't do. He's m- ensuring that they will look good on the pitch based off the preparation that they've done in training all week. Yeah. I think it's early early predictions is that Deserby is going to be up there for manager of the season again. I think he was last year as well. But he like he's so transformative. It's the blues my the blues it blows it blew my mind him coming in when he did and absolutely turning this team into a European, like, honestly, kind of like right now, look, they look like a powerhouse. Do you think Graham Potter has any regrets? Oh, 100%. There's no way he is not sitting at home going, what the fuck did I do? Because <laughs> Graham Par- Potter started the Brighton thing last year, last season. Yeah. And he didn't have to change clubs, what, like a month and a half in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Money talks, though. So. Money does talk. And Todd Bowley has plenty of it to just throw around. But, you know, credit to Deserby. He stepped up and just showed his genius. For real, though. However, one thing one thing to note is that, yeah, they are playing. We know their style is really fun to watch. and They can play against good teams. But so far this season, they've only played against Luton and Wolves. So once they come up against, like, a city or Arsenal or someone who is bound to like cause problems for them. It'll be just interesting to see how they like circumvent that, which I think they'll do it fine. They really did well against, I think one of their last games of the season against city um, previous in our previous season, they about won it. I think they tied one, one, they about won it in the end so they can do it. It'll just be interesting to see this season, how they, how they do that. Yeah, they, they will definitely be able to at least handle the challenge. They'll be up for it. But you're right. They they haven't exactly been playing the top-notch team so far. Mm-hmm. But I think this will their performance so far will just add to the buildup and the suspense when those bigger matchups do occur. Yeah, that's true. It'll be, I mean, it'll be fun. I think, so. Like like you said, Matoma is amazing. He's... I think you would 
said like sent a message to me and Tom saying like we're all just living in Matoma's world right now. Yeah, we really with how are. well he played against Wolves. Um, but yeah, I mean their their team just is full of like standout players, and it, it's just going to be so fun to watch them play this season, even especially watching them play in Europe. Well, European competition, they're already playing in Europe. All right, let's move on to Liverpool and Bournemouth real quick. I really don't have much for this match. Uh, Bournemouth came out first, though, swinging. Got the first goal in the third minute. And uh, it was weird. I didn't feel like Liverpool wasn't going to come back, even with Bournemouth getting the first goal. But also, it you know, I kept in mind that Liverpool is at home. And mm. playing at Anfield, there's some weird voodoo magic going on there. <laughs> Where Liverpool is almost indestructible. I mean, it's true, but I think it was. I mean, again, this the, this game, particularly the first three minutes, it just showed that Liverpool's defense gets super shaky. It took Bournemouth three minutes to dismantle their defense. And well, imagine a better team defenders on the Liverpool defense. I mean, true, but imagine if a better team was playing against that Liverpool, even if it was at Anfield, they probably would have scored more. Like their defense is still going to be a liability, and it. But it, so it'll be. I would hope that they can do something. I know. I think they were linked with a couple of players to sign. But I would hope that they can. I don't know. Really, just tighten up their defense. There's it's such a liability for them that. It, who knows what will happen the rest of the season? Have you noticed Nunez isn't starting? No, I have not noticed that. Which I find that a bit interesting considering he was like their huge signing last season. And this year Klopp yeah, has elected to start him on the bench. I mean, didn't they spend like almost $100 million on him last season? Something crazy like that? They spent a lot of money on him. But they've decided yeah. to go elsewhere. And, I mean, it, it's it's worked so far, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they do have. I mean, they have good goal scorers, Jota and Diaz, the, who scored. Also, Salah. We know he can score. Yes, you know, Salah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that is interesting. I wonder if they're having miscommunication issues. I wonder if they can understand each other this season. <laughs> Maybe they just need Duolingo at all times to be around them. Just someone with the Duolingo and a microphone on the sideline helping him like shout out instructions. Uh, friends, for all of you who weren't with us last season, there was multiple reports stating that Nunez, who primarily speaks Spanish and only speaks Spanish, could not understand Klopp during practices, uh, film review, or any other time of the day. And therefore, whenever Klopp would give instructions, afterwards someone would have to then translate to Nunez what the instructions were. Which, as you can imagine, doesn't exactly make for for a great game plan when one of your star players doesn't know what the game plan is. <laughs> right. I mean, that's pretty funny. Um, did you also see that McAllister's red card got overturned? I did. I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not surprised it was a red studs up. It was, yeah, there was some, I'm not saying like there was force. Like he went really hard into it, but there was enough force where I was fine with the red. To begin with, I've seen. I mean, I saw red cards last season get given for less and upheld when teams tried to, yeah, get them overturned. So I'm like, and I, I wasn't surprised it was overturned. It's Liverpool. 
I mean, it is Liverpool. There's been there's been a lot of refereeing controversy in these first two weeks. <laughs> there has. The one thing I do appreciate is the amount of yellow cards for time wasting. Mm, yeah, I did notice that in, the, in a couple of games, which I, I definitely appreciate because they need to crack down on that. I think that was the thing that they were talking about actually doing. Is it's one of the points of emphasis like this year is time wasting, and they're doing it in two ways. One is yellow cards for taking too long on anything. Throw-ins, nice. goal kicks, um, even penalty kicks. They're now telling the keepers to get back to the line quicker instead of the keeper oh, being yeah. out there for, honestly, like sometimes two, three minutes just standing in front of the shot taker before. Well, the we keeper. all know who's... We all know who's to blame for that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really appreciate that. I enjoy that. The other way the league is trying to combat time wasting is by adding more minutes into stoppage time. And I know there have been mm-hmm. a lot of complaints from players and coaches saying how this is just extending games for too long. But the real simple solution to that is stop wasting time. Stop rolling on the ground if you're not actually injured. No one mm-hmm. thinks you're tougher because you laid on the ground longer and i think it's been proven at this point especially now with var that you're not going to get more calls because you're on the ground longer yeah i mean that is simple truth stop wasting time we'll stop adding time to the games yeah pretty pretty cut and dry another point of emphasis this year for the referees and this has always been a rule but now it's really a point of emphasis if someone if a player from team a asks for a yellow card that the like, if you and I are on opposite teams, Andrew, and you found mm-hmm. me, and I look at the ref and I make that like card motion in the air, saying you deserve yeah. a card, I now get a yellow card for that. So what they're like adding that to like dissent? Yeah. Interesting. And that's always been a rule, or it has been for at least a few years now. But this year is a point of emphasis, yeah. and I really enjoy that because I'm, we need these players to stop focusing so much on time wasting. And running up to the referee and crowding him. Because now he, one yes. of the other points of emphasis is when you crowd the referee, the referees are now more encouraged to give yellow cards for that. Yeah. That's one thing I've always disliked is crowding a referee. Like just the call has been made. We have VAR to intervene if necessary. Like you doing that is not going to do shit. Exactly. Right. Do you have anything else for the Liverpool-Bournemouth game? No. Honestly, I don't have a lot for the rest of these. a lot of these matches. Uh, Brentford 3, Fulham 0. The only thing I really have for Fulham is that Mitrovic is now gone. He also went to the Middle East. Yep. I have literally have that in my notes. So they're like, unless they sign someone, they're not going to score because I'm pretty sure he was their leading scorer last season. Right. So uh, this will definitely take Fulham a few a few spots down in the final standings at the end of the year. But I still don't mm-hmm. think they're exactly going to be fighting for relegation because I think there's a few clear, obvious teams that will be down there. Yeah. So, but I don't really have anything else about that. Brentford still doing Brentford things, showing up, showing up consistently. Uh, match after that, we have West Ham three, Chelsea one. This was probably the shocker of the weekend. Yeah, Chelsea looked so dysfunctional. They looked so bad. Like they just like a just continuation of form from last season. They can't score. They had a crap ton of shots. Yeah, I don't, we, I, don't, I, don't know I, don't, I don't understand. But West Ham did prove what can happen when you take them lightly. Because two years ago, they were a, they were not a fun team to play against in the Premier League. Last season, they had a bad season. 
which is fine. It can happen. Yeah. But Chelsea, I think, took them too lightly. Also, we haven't talked about James Ward-Prowse playing for West Ham. Immediate impact. He's the, Also, what a good signing. He's the best free kick taker in the league right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess like, dead without ball, a doubt, dead ball taker because also like yeah, dead ball and taker. Yeah, because I mean, I think it was his corner that led to one of their goals because he just like knows he just knows exactly where to put the ball, like yeah. without a doubt. Immediate impact. Um, I don't know if I when I was looking at the my projections for standings at the end of the year, if I really took that into account as much as I should have. That's on me. I apologize. James Ward Prowse, you are a beautiful, beautiful human, and I I love watching you play. It reminds me of Beckham, back from when I was a kid, and we really just don't have those kind of guys anymore, which is a real shame. No, because everyone just wants to score now. People forget about the art of taking free kicks, and not just to put it over the wall and try to score. Which, by the way, guys are really bad at it. I want to see statistics mm-hmm. about if players have gotten better, worse, or the same over the decades. Probably worse. I feel like it's been worse. I mean, I feel like the only person who can consistently score a free kick nowadays is probably Messi. <laughs> yeah, and that's in the when, MLS now. Yeah, when Ronaldo used to be able to score free kicks, like they were giving him out for free. Yeah, there was jokes that people used, the guys on the wall used to turn around so they could also watch the ball go in. <laughs> hmm. I mean... Yeah. Chelsea just yeah they're like they're just doing a continuation of what happened last season. Their most their midfield duo that I had ranted briefly about earlier, I think is the most expensive in like the Premier League. It's like they're I think it's like two hundred fifty million for both of them, or something like that. Gave up a penalty. Also, Chelsea gave up a penalty. penalty. Yeah, and and it was Enzo Fernandez who missed the penalty. One of the other midfielders. I think that's his like fifth penalty ever taken or something. Oh really? Yeah, it was, it's a very low number. I was I heard something yeah. about that. This is this is a stat I want to put into perspective for our peoples, for our groundskeepers. Chelsea, they may have had a lot of shots. I think they had seventeen. They only they had less than twenty five percent of those on target. I think yeah. they only had four shots out of their seventeen on target, and West Ham had over had like fifty percent on target. Like it just shows you that like there's some sort of offensive shooting just something that they is going on at Chelsea that they haven't ironed out. They have the permanent <laughs> offensive yips. Oh my god, they they do. This team also looks very different without Reese James in the back. And mm-hmm. he is injured and he will also be out for I think a couple, couple months at least. Oh yeah, their gigantic list of injuries. Yeah, and Reese James is the worst of it. Um cuz he I mean he was their captain, which Yeah. You know, there were jokes made that, like, when he was captain, oh, who's who's going to be the captain for the other 25 games of the season? <laughs> because he does right. miss a lot of time. He's very injury prone. Uh, Chelsea might have to take a look at their physios, their medical staff, because when there's a lot of injuries to a team, usually the medical staff is the one to blame. They need to get Brighton's physios. Oh, they clearly know the, what they're the, doing. The guys whose arms are bigger than my whole body. They clearly know what they're doing. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a great idea. All right, we're going to move on to this next matchup so that we don't take up too much time. Uh, Aston Villa 4, Everton 0. Everton may be the <laughs> quickest team to get relegated in league history. I'm not quite sure what the record is. Do you happen to know what the record is? For the quickest? No. Uh, you know what? You keep talking. I'm going to look it up. 
All right. I mean, that's fine. I'm, I was, uh, when we got down to this game, I was going to ask if you wanted to talk about this because it was not a great game. But like I said earlier, United had a very similar start to this last season, got pumped two games in a row. Everyone was calling for heads. Everyone was, woe is me. I was, <laughs> um, but things, things got up. Things looked up after that. Like they, they pulled their heads out. They did some running. So maybe that's what you guys, maybe that's what Sean Deitch is going to do. Make you guys do some running and hopefully fix your chandelier of a player count. Because every time I feel like you have a player that gives, comes back from injury, they just immediately get injured again. I believe you guys had like four people that got injured that game. So that's something that needs to definitely help. We have so many injuries. Uh, DCL finally came back and within four minutes, he had a fractured cheek. Yeah. He did. He break his face. <laughs> then uh, what? Iwobi got injured. Who came in for him or that subbed on at some point. Like your people that can score goals are getting injured too quickly. So the earliest a team has actually been relegated from the Premier League was in game week 32. Oh, so it's not like super, per super soon.com. Hmm. And this was in, what year was this? This was two years ago. So I'm not sure what week Southampton got officially relegated last season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think Everton is on track to beat that. They have no offensive threats. They don't have any <laughs> defensive walls. The, not this season, not right now. The midfield is made of Swiss cheese. There's no inspiration to their attack. They seem to have lost some of their grittiness, which really helped carry them in the latter part of last season. Um, the owners suck. <laughs> they literally Feel that let one. Everton spend money on almost anyone. And they don't want to sell the club. I feel that on a very personal level. So this seems headed to championship. There is no hope. Hey now, hey now. It's two games in. Me, I'm going to need you to back your team a little bit more. There is literally nothing to back. Yeah, there is. The only place you guys can go from here is up. But we can also stay where we are. <laughs> That's also an option. We don't have to go up. Have you guys, have you guys even made any transfers this season? We've signed two people. Two people. Because that's all our our board will allow us to. They made terrible signings for many, many years. Cost a lot of money for players that didn't turn out well. And so they decided the solution was to not sign, not allow any budget for signing anyone. Yeah. I don't know what you're looking at, but it doesn't look good. Apparently, you guys are in talks for a forward from PSG. Is it Neymar? (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure he's out of the picture. He He just went to add to our list of injuries. I mean, he could. 
Honestly, but I'm pretty Everton, sure he's off the table. Can... Everton needs a break from the Premier League. Because for two straight seasons, it was a relegation battle. At some you don't point, like the woes of that? Drop down to not do this to your fans anymore. And maybe by dropping down, the owners will sell the club. And someone new can come in. Someone with oil money. And they can bring this club back up. We could be like the next right. castle. We're running out of oil money owners. We're not. We're absolutely not. Did you see the private plane that Neymar got to fly in on? It was a 747 yeah, it was like a Boeing. that had like five floors. Yeah. That's, yeah. That thing costs more than the current Everton budget. <laughs> Probably costs more than the whole club. <laughs> Probably. We're not worth much. How much are you worth? Let's see. Not a lot. I have nothing else to say like, about this club. It's a very sad club. You're worth you guys are market value is like four hundred million. Two years ago, I did not have a Premier League team. Come this point next year, I will once again not have a <laughs> Premier League team. Ye of little faith. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have faith. Why would I have faith? There's you have to have, have faith. faith. Have faith. There is no faith. We're moving on. Crystal Palace zero, Arsenal one. Uh, Arsenal technically took care of business. They got the win. Technically, um, you could see the look of joy on the players' faces and Arteta's face when this match was finally called. You know, not every ga- not every win is pretty, but three points is three points. No, it is, and that's really what matters at the end of the day. Good for Arsenal. I. Excited to see where the team goes. Uh, Declan Rice seems to be fitting in pretty well, I would say. Uh, he's never going to be a guy that's going to be huge on the stat sheet. It's not who he is. Mm-mm. He does make a a good impact each and every match. And I don't really have anything else for this team. I mean, it'll, kind of a slow start around the, excuse me, around the Premier League for a lot of teams. Arsenal even though they're not scoring as many at the beginning as they did last season, I don't think it's going to be a mar on their entire season. I think they hopefully have learned from how they ended last last year and will actually keep their squad in like a better performing state throughout the entire season rather than give up at the end. Of, end. Um, as, as I said earlier, this season has been so far in the two weeks that we've had marred with a lot of like controversy when it comes to VAR and refs. And I think this game also had its own. Um, I believe there was like some penalties that weren't given and, or that were given um, other cards getting, getting handed out. Um, so I, if, if I have a takeaway from at least this game or other games, it's that we need to get our referees like under, under control. Yeah, it's. I feel like each match at the end of it, I'm like, it wasn't poorly refed, but it wasn't refed the same as the previous match. No, I mean, if you think about that, just from like the United perspective, like there was a handball that was clearly not given during that game, but there was other handballs given previous weeks or the same game, the same day. Or oh, not. It's just they're not getting called for a penalty and pick for pick for getting called for a doing penalty. the same thing yeah yeah 
Yeah. So I, I think the consistency ad does need to be improved so that we at least the players and teams can at least know what to expect. Mm-hmm. But I, also, I think that comes with the season and because these referee associations are also inter- internally having many talks, discussing how to improve after each and every match. And with the points of emphasis, they usually start off with that. And then as the season progresses, they, um, you know, they just bring up other points and they also like to improve just like the teams do. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like you're, I feel like as a referee, you shouldn't have to improve like a team does. You guys have like a pretty consistent rule book that you should, you know, just be sticking to. (laughs) Yeah. But then when you start trying to like make points of emphasis for like which rules you're going to enforce more or things like that, it kind of becomes gray areas because most of the rule book is actually a gray area. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the words excessive, reckless and cautiously are all in there. And they mean different things. <laughs> yeah. That is, yeah. No, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the referees. We'll see what happens with Arsenal. Hopefully they can keep, like, I say hopefully as a, a non-biased podcast host that they can they can do well. Do I want them to actually do well? Hell no. <laughs> well, I think that's it for today. We, uh, I think our, our longest episode yet of this season. Uh, we'll try to keep them, you know, to an hour ish every single week see what we can do friends once again thank you for joining us uh please follow us on all socials please interact with us on social media we'd love to you know go back and forth we will keep you updated on our new surprises that are coming up uh hopefully soon within the next few weeks no promises but that's what the projected timeline is yeah and that's really it bye friends so long